good evening. Welcome to our eighth episode of Point of View Uncensored, where our views are based off facts and not feelings. I am Dr. Renaissance, the host. I'm Dr. Jake. Yes, and we also have a special guest with us today. Um, again, uh, Coach Brandon. Um, hey, what's up? How y'all doing? You want to give a brief uh, introduction? He just did our last episode, and I'm glad to have you back again. Yeah, um, just just a uh, a boxing coach over at a gym called Psych Mode in Buckhead. Uh, I do a lot of uh, just motivational, um, sort of inner wellness um, exercises before it gets to the to the physical exercise. But um, I'm I'm just I'm just happy to be here and, and to share um, a different perspective and more so just want to spread the positivity and spread the light. That's uh, I think that's what my calling is. So uh, glad to be here. Glad to have you here. So um, the first topic we wanted to discuss was um, recently, as you all know, uh, as we all know, Colin Powell has passed away due to COVID-related um, complications, um, complications, I'm sorry. And I wanted to um, spend some time, you know, just remember his honor um, as an African-American male, um, reaching the, the depths that he has reached, um, all the way up to um, the Secretary of State uh, under the um, George W. Bush administration. And I think he was also committees over the Joint uh, Chiefs of Staff uh, committees. He did a lot of uh, things with the military and things like that. So I want to see, um, get your take on, you know, a lot of things that he did. And I know a lot of backlash came with a lot of decisions he made in those positions. So I want to kind of talk briefly about that and just to give him his honor and respect um, that he's um, so much old. So if anybody wants to start with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with Paul that I think, you know, Colin Powell is a symbol of honor and the great, you know, heights that an African-American man can reach to, breaking glass ceilings along the way, his very honorable service to the country. I mean, these are all things that should be celebrated and he should be remembered for. Um, you know, I do you know, remember some of his political decisions, you know, for example, supporting the war in Iraq were controversial um, and, you know, perhaps came back to kind of bite him in the butt, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, I think that um, as, a, as a citizen, as a military man, as a countryman, and maybe over and above all those things as an African-American male, um, you know, he, he really does need to be remembered in, in a really positive light. Right. <clears throat> I think he's a, he's a prime example of uh, the phrase, stay in pursuit. Um, there, there's plenty of barriers, uh, just, just doing rather simple things. Not that anything like that, um, that isn't as complex has any less value, but I, 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 I can look at his accomplishments and just imagine um, just the, the fortitude, the the strength that it takes to overcome uh, barriers that, you know, just set you back or make it hard to accomplish those things. I know <clears throat> even in a certain environments, I, I can only imagine, like, I, I can't, I can't relate. I, I, I went to, you know, school in, in PWIs um, and, you know, surrounded by, you know, people who, who don't look like me. And, um, you know, there's, there are lots of, sort of subconscious things associated with interacting with people who don't look like you. And you do become conscious of <clears throat> what the perspectives might be. You, you do become conscious of the fact that you might be looked at like less. Um, and But that is not, shouldn't be a deterrent. It shouldn't be, it should maybe 
be a realization. But but when you are always in pursuit, um, no matter what those barriers are, um, you may even make it look easy. But um, I, I'm, I'm certainly like, like you said, just very, um, just out of respect. I just have a lot of respect for what he was able to accomplish. So. Thank you. So I guess we'll we'll move on. Uh, thank you for those sentiments. I know a brief bio on him. I know he was originally from Jamaica, and I know he moved to New York, I believe, and that's kind of where everything kind of started from. So uh, you would truly be missed, uh, Colin Powell, you know, and best wishes to you. So next topic I wanted to talk about was um, Dads on Duty. Um, it's an organization that I just read about uh, recently. It's a group of fathers um, that started in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, due to a series of fights in the um, Louisiana high school um, called Southwood High School. Um, it was so many different fights to where a group of dads decided to come together to um, to pretty much support that school to try to lessen those, those violence. I know uh, many things they do is they'll kind of greet the kids at the door, and I noticed they said since that has happened, they have not had any fights. Um, which I think is remarkable, um, but I do think it's kind of ironic um, at this point. Um, we see these issues been, been occurring for years and decades, and now, you know, you see a group of uh, fathers starting to actually be involved in the schools. So I want to know, what, what's your take on these fathers being involved in the school, and why is it now um, they're doing it now as opposed to doing it years years ago? Yeah. Um, I, I, I could say most certainly with with this whole uh, COVID experience, the isolation kind of can put you at a point where you are more self-reflective than, than usual. And I think um, what, what many people have been able to experience is coming to some realizations, epiphanies, or having more time to invest in thinking through what the real issue is in certain areas. So I could see... Um, these fathers, whereas you know, in any other regular, maybe maybe the kids are fighting because of COVID. Maybe maybe they feel like isolated too, you know. So like, I think there is um maybe that issue may be a resp a negative response to what's going on, and these these fathers having a, a positive response to like having that like that realization constantly. Like they you, you can't if you can't go anywhere if you're working from home or you know, like you can't do as much, then you're gonna you're gonna have to pay attention to what's going on around you. That's just, you know, for whatever reason we weren't. Who knows? But now we're there at this point, and um, I, I just think it it just proves that uh, when kids have standards, and not consequences and punishments, but just standards, whether it's just being greeted, that's a standard that you can you can look forward to that somebody's acknowledging you. You know, I, I feel like um, something as simple as that could, I mean, you said the, the fighting stopped immediately. So, I mean, it does question, like, like what's the, what's the real power of, of being seen or, or being heard, you know? So kudos kudos to them. And I, I'm excited to see, like, other communities or other fathers or mothers or whoever, the, other leaders take that model. And, and if somebody's obviously expressing some, some sort of issue or whatever, you know, see them, you know, like talk to them, listen, hear it, something like ask the, ask the, ask the dads what they're doing. Cause obviously it's working. Yeah. I think from a psychological perspective too, um, you know, we know developmentally that 
you know, children or kids in high school and adolescence, if they have, you know, a positive role model to look up to, just one positive mentor, one positive role model, it can make all the world of difference. And so, you know, I can imagine, you know, uh, young men especially, you know, having a, a, a father figure um, in the school uh, to kind of model certain kinds of behaviors, appropriate behaviors, um, not acting out, you know, following rules, um, acting at uh, your uh, mature, acting your age. Um, I'm sure that um, you know goes a long way to kind of changing the whole the whole spirit of the school, just to have have their presence there. So, I think um, you know, in terms of development, I think it it can really go a long way in fostering a healthy uh, development. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll go on to our next topic. Um, now, the Facebook whistleblower, I'm sure we all know uh, about all the fiestas going on with Facebook. So, um, reportedly, the young lady by the name of Frances Hogan, Hogan, she reportedly um, became a whistleblower with Facebook. She was a former employee with Facebook, um, stating a lot of conflicts of interest between um, what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. I know a couple instances was, um, I think... Um, uh, blocking, I think, hate hate crimes and hate speeches on Facebook, and I know the uh, the owner. I'm sorry, I forget his name. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. I guess he kind of was being a blind eye, I guess, knowing that people were promoting those type of violence in, on his platform, and he kind of did nothing about it. And now Frances Haugen, she's kind of now she's kind of putting out in the forefront, saying as an employee, you know, he pretty much was okay with what was going on. And, you know, now it's a lot of fiasco going on with that. You know, so I want to hear what's your take on, on Facebook. And, you know, Facebook being a billion-dollar, you know, industry and a lot of everyone's on Facebook, what does that mean for, for users? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot to say about this because I think, you know, big tech gets its tentacles into our lives in ways that we often don't realize. And so the kinds of algorithms that Facebook uses, that Google uses, that Instagram uses, um, are going to kind of uh, filter the information that we're allowed to see. And so, yes, we're supposed to live in a, you know, a, a country with free press, um, free speech, but, you know, we could ask ourselves, is that actually happening? And I think, unfortunately, the answer is uh, no. Uh, you know, these big corporations are filtering this kind of what they might call hate speech or what they might call, um, you know, alternative facts or media or something. They're filtering it um, so that, um, you know, we're not allowed to see it. Um, so I think it, it, it's, it's going to be a good thing in the long run um, for Facebook, hopefully, to kind of um, reform some of its, its policies. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm a bit of a conspiracy, you know, nut, and I, I, I believe that, it, you know, whenever politics and money are involved, it, there's never going to be some clear, you know, um, pure motive. You know, it's, it's, it's going to get muddy. It's going to get dirty. So I could see how, because there was some some debate in politics. I paid attention to it, like, maybe a year or two ago with um, some political campaigns 
on Facebook and swaying the voters and things like that. And there was a complete disregard for the social implications and more so for which side was going to win. And, and I kind of knew then that Facebook had become a vehicle for kind of fluctuating money and power more so than connecting people. And for as much as we want to try, for as much as we, we, we can connect, it's a good thing. It's not a totally negative thing, but it's a big risk. I mean, you're putting your information out there to receive information from other people. You're buying things, you're meeting up, you're dating, all that on a platform that, that also, I mean, I mean think, of, think about society. I mean, Facebook is like a microcosm of, you know, of, of what, what's going on in society right now. Ignoring the facts. Um, Nobody knows, like a lot of a lot of times, like the most popular individual is the one who is not telling the truth, but who's you know sort of coaxing everyone with alternative facts, and so it's, there's a lot to be said, but it's, it's it's not surprising. I'm not even disappointed. It's it's a trend, you know that that it just repeats itself. We're not really caring for people. You know, meeting agendas, and that's that's kind of what's been going on and what's going on now. I believe. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm glad you brought up agendas. Um, so my next topic is uh, Lil Nas X. Um, the gay agenda. <laughs> <laughs> so um, apparently he received a proclamation from the city um, city of Atlanta council. And now it's stated that October 20th is Lil Nas X Day. And I'm sure all you all know he's actually, he's been topping the charts. Like I know he's number one with his single Industry Baby. Um, he had a plaque presented by the city council and the mayor candidate, uh, Antonio Brown. Um, and some people are wondering, like, why did he get receive a proclamation? Some people might not even know what a proclamation is. So I, I didn't before we, this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I guess it kind of promotes that he he must have did something special for Atlanta, which I, I just heard from a young lady said like, what did he do to get a proclamation? Um, so if any, if you want to just go into that, if you're able to about this proclamation, and I mean, what what is what is that? What message are we sending? Like, why why is it so important that he need proclamation? And I found that he's not even from Atlanta; he's from Douglasville. So I, I, I'm sure we're trying to get an understanding of why. What's the purpose of all of this? I mean, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's great. I think it's a good thing. I think it raises visibility and awareness around the black gay community. I mean, we have to realize Atlanta is the black gay Mecca of you know, maybe the world, right? Certainly the United States. And so, um, you know, to have an artist that is as popular and as visible and really is, is willing to put himself out there in many ways for the community. Um, I think it um, makes sense, you know, that Atlanta, you know, being the kind of city that it is, the kind of demographic, you know, would want to kind of honor that and, um, you know, pay homage to little Nas X being from, maybe not from Atlanta, but certainly from the surrounding area. Um, my, my perspective is a little different. I'm very aware of artists who have contributed to. What you talking about? 
Oh, um, I'm trying to choose my words wisely. Uh, I, I'm I'm very conscious of artists who have contributed to um, music. Um, you know, like social progression and social awareness and things like that, and, and are also gay. Like, I guess, like, like for instance, Luther Vandross. In that, in that, in that era, like, nobody knew Luther Vandross was gay because, you know, he was singing about love and him being, you know, him being a man singing about love. I mean, the assumption is that he's singing about a woman. <clears throat> and Luther Vandross is one of the most iconic R&B singers of all time in the black community. And so my question is, when I think about a little Nas X day, it's like, is it because he's so outrageous that he's drawing attention that low-key, like, it just can't be ignored? And then that's being sort of like transmuted into like pride because like it doesn't seem like to me it just when I when I when I look at like the things the things that I see, I see making heteronormative culture uncomfortable. I see that. But then I also, I also see, like, just in my mind, I'm like, why go to this length to, like, communicate this thing that could have been communicated in a way less, like, for instance, like, he posted, a, this is what I heard, posted a picture of him being pregnant. And then... It, to signify that his album was coming out. Now, I mean, why is that controversial? It's controversial because it it it, it doesn't fit biology. Like, well, what about transgender individuals? Well, uh, this this is like a man born a man, for all we know, who is presenting himself as pregnant, which is improbable. Mm. He's not identifying as a woman necessarily, unless I unless there's something I don't know. I just feel like there are certain boundaries that, like, you know, this guy is crossing and it's drawing the attention, great, but, like, what purpose does it serve to, like, what what purpose does it serve to, what's that word, to sort of, like, use the, the, the use pregnancy for such a unrelated, like, like, I don't know, like, there's so many women who, who want to get pregnant and can't. There's so many women who, like, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Like, it's a woman's experience. <clears throat> so so why, as a man, do you feel like you have to, like, use what's special for women bi biologically? Like, why use that for something like your album? You know what I mean? Like... I'm I'm just I'm trying to make sense of it because I don't pay attention to it and I really don't have a viewpoint on it. I think it was a metaphor. You know, I don't, you know what I mean? I think yeah. you know for his like you said, you know, for his album. Yeah. I mean, I think you know to be fair, I think Lil Nas X and other people in the LGBTQ community like to play with 
traditional traditional notions of sex and gender uh-huh. and you know w- in terms of fluidity mm-hmm. and you know going back to the nature nurture discussion um yeah. you know we know that um uh both sex and gender are uh, despite what most people think thinking that it comes from genetics yeah. right? individuals are born on a continuum a degree continuum yeah, with, yeah for sure with uh, you know we have intersex individuals yeah. that ha- have both sexual organs or a variety of different variations and transgender individuals and so on and so forth so um i don't know i mean i see it as being more provocative it's definitely that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what was more provocative <clears throat> was when he twerked with Satan and his. <laughs> yeah, in that. In, his, in uh, Montero. In Montero. I think that might be a little bit more provocative, but. Yeah. You know, uh, you know again, I think, uh, uh, you know, that gets into issues that the gay community has had with the church. Yeah. And those still linger today. Yeah. Um, feelings of having been rejected from the church, right. condemned to ha- literally. Right. right. When I'm not even talking a little Nas video, I'm right. saying just in general, lit- gay individuals have had priests, clergymen, representatives from the church literally condemn them to hell for sure. And so there's there's trauma. There's a, unlike just similar to the black community, there, there's historical trauma. The gay community has historical trauma mm-hmm. with um, particularly religious institutions. Right. Um, and and uh, so I guess that's uh, here's the thing. Uh, I would love to see, and who knows if, if and this is just you know theoretical, but it's 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 like uh, you you can't you can't like just like Martin Luther King said it best. Like you can't beat our darkness with darkness. <clears throat> Only light can do that. And so I feel like the answer isn't to like kick down the fence when it comes to like religion and, and sexuality and gender and politics because like we can't use the same model that was used to force religion on the people to fight back against it, you know? Um, because like I think what 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 so what a video like Montero does is. <clears throat> It, it, it will cause a person who, who takes their faith seriously, right? But also, like, really has that genuine, like, human love for someone who loves different, right? Just just being technically correct. And so, like, then you got that same person twerking on Satan in the Garden of Eden, like, you know, like, it's just like... Why is that was, <clears throat> it's, 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 it's It's offensive. It's offensive. It's a, it's it, well. It's 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 offensive because like, okay, like my reading of the Bible is is both literal in some senses and figurative. I think to be realistic, in my point of view, you got to be figurative about some things. But it is the foundation of what a lot of people use to define like moving forward their hope or their whatever it's just it just is important to some people and so like it's almost like putting on a a halloween costume you know of a different of a different culture it's like you know they discontinued that for a reason because like if you don't associate with with a certain thing 
then nine times out of ten, you, you don't want to be that person who's using it for, for your own benefit and your own purposes. You know what I mean? And so I feel like the, to a degree, the, the provocative sort of nature of it is kind of creating a, a, creating a wave and then they're riding off that wave that they're creating. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like you're like, you're Christian and you're not going to like me anyway. So I'm just going to use this in a way that I know is going to piss you off. And then I'm going to, I'm going to write off that being pissed off. I'm going to, that's going to validate what I think you think of me already. Mm. You know what I mean? And some things I can't get behind be, just because of, of, of the, the faith. Like there was an episode on family guy. They're like, Jesus was this guy who tricked men into sleeping with their wives. That's funny to some people. And yeah, like I get the comedy in it, but like I couldn't get with that. It just didn't feel organic to get behind that. Mm. But the fact that like Stewie is obviously gay on the show. Right. I, hilarious. And also I get the inclusive the nature of it as well. You know what I mean? So I, I, I sometimes I think um, the idea of of being disliked almost fuels like, I'm going to make sure you don't like me. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to make sure you don't like this thing. Just so that once you don't like it, you're going to validate the fact that I already believe you don't, you don't like me or you don't agree with me. Sure. You know, so just, just in that regard, I feel like, you know, it, it, it's almost like it, cre- it, create, it creates division to, to validate that there is division. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it can do that. It's not that it automatically does do that, but it can do that. Yeah. Did I say that? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it it, it does. Almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. something like that. So, but I, don't, I mean, I don't. Who knows, right? <laughs> so let's um let's go into uh you know more uh sports-related topic, the Braves. Um, <laughs> go Braves! Yes, the Braves made it to the World Series. Um, and if you want to give more synopsis on that. <laughs> Go right here. Um, from, <laughs> you know, Wikipedia is is such a useful tool. So, uh, from, from from my from my perspective, like what I what I believe I read, they haven't made it to the World Series since 1999. Okay. Um, and if that is correct, then congratulations to the Braves. <clears throat> um, again, um, some people believe you know the best predictor of the future is the past, and to a degree, we can read patterns and on how to move forward. But sometimes, you know, not winning doesn't uh, project a future of not winning. Sometimes, you know, not winning over a certain period of time just sets you up for that, for that right moment. And you take all that as motivation and as a, as a reason to keep on moving forward. And, and, and even if it takes, you know, um, I don't know how many years that is, <laughs> but even if it takes that long, it's um, that 30th year is, is, is worth it. So every day is a good day um, to decide to be great, to decide to, to go to the World Series and whatever, you know, whatever perspective that is for you. Because you, you you never know what what a you know um, a pattern of good decisions, healthy decisions will do for you. So um, I think that is um, a great example of of moving forward despite you know you may not reach a goal all of a sudden could be a month, a year, ten years, but you keep on working at it. You're gonna you're gonna get there. Uh, yeah, I mean I would you know I think that's great, and I think that uh, in terms of you know, city pride. I think it's really important for Atlanta 
to see the Braves, you know, in the World Series. Um, it, uh, of course, you know, kind of we all gather around the cause of helping them win, cheering them on, um, and, you know, just kind of helps our overall kind of um, uh, spirit of the city. Um, and so, you know, I think that that, that that for everybody involved, you know, it's, it's just a great, um, a great achievement. Yeah. It unifies people, and that's 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 great. You don't have to watch baseball to, to to, you know, find happiness and seeing lots of people happy and cheering and having a good time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I next wanted to talk about um, briefly. Um, it's a couple more topics. I know we're gonna we kind of run over time, but um, we want to. I want to talk about Insecure's final episode, but um, or final season. But we can talk about that at a later time. I do want to discuss what's been going on on the. Um, at the Capitol, not the Capitol, but the um, the House of Representatives and in Congress, I know there are a couple of bills that's being passed as far as the Build Back Better infrastructure bill, which has been um, long going for uh, a, a while now. The voting rights bill that's currently being um, held up in Congress. Um, I think the John Lewis in, uh, Advancement Voting Rights Act is being held right now, and also um, I know currently the um, school boards um, across the country are being threatened as long as teachers um, being uh, threatened, I guess, with critical race theory being taught in schools. Um, so just all these different things that's going on. And uh, also Kenosha, Wisconsin, I know there's a trial going on November 1st with Kyle Rittenhouse about his um, his murder of the two people that he killed during that um, the protest back uh, last the last year over the summertime, and then uh, also Jamari Robinson, um, which was shot seventy six times um, here in Atlanta, and now they had a trial today, and I think the um, officers, I think the jury has kind of sided with uh, the family. So I just want to get your take on, you know, we can just go go dip, dip into a couple of those a uh, couple of those cases, and what you think about what what all this is going on right now. Like, what does it say to y'all, and what is it? Do you think things, changes are going to happen, or do you think it's just part of the process? I mean, I, I saw an interview with uh, Condoleezza Rice on The View. I think it was just a couple days ago, you know, where she was asked about, you know, she was a, she was a, um, a black woman uh, that worked with President George, George W. Bush in the White House, and she was asked about critical race theory. And, you know, I, I can't remember her words verbatim, um, but, you know, she said something to the effect of that we don't need to be making one race feel inferior uh, to the other um, regarding teaching white children to feel guilty perhaps for the past, right? And of course, that's an ex- absurd oversimplification of critical race theory. That's not what the, the, the theory is about. Um, it's very complex and nuanced. But um, I think the conversation is important to have because I think that we do need to talk about our history in this country, not only regarding black people, of course, but also indigenous people. Um, you know, we just had Columbus Day, you know, which has been changed. I think Joe Biden even made a declaration about, well, I think that it's, it's both of them now. Uh, having Indigenous Peoples Day and Columbus Day, I guess on the same day, I'm not sure, but, but yeah, I mean, we need to rethink, you know, the way that you know we built the country and 
rethink kind of the values that are implicit in some of our, even our holidays, like Columbus Day. What, what kind of message is that sending? You know, and so the, it's a long process. And I think, you know, people are up in arms about critical race theory because they don't understand it. Um, they don't, you know, teaching children even, you know, to segue a little bit into, you know, sexuality. You know, is it appropriate to teach, you know, grade school children uh, to use pronouns when they introduce themselves? You know, so, for example, you know, when I teach class, you know, I'll usually introduce or when I present at a conference, I'll say my name, my name's Jake Glazier. Uh, I go by the pronouns he, him, and his. Should we be teaching children to do that? You know, so all of these, you know, I don't, there's not a answer, a settled answer, but you know, these are all circulating in the, the um, environment right now. Um, and so I think it's a healthy conversation to have and, and to think about, to think about the direction that we want to go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I feel like uh, sort of, um, it makes me think about a comment I made earlier. I, I know, I know when to sort of disengage, observe and learn. Um, about you know what's what's really going on. I think, you know, I I I, I teach group classes, and I, I I would like to think that I that I'm having an impact on, you know, groups of people instructing them and things like that. But one thing that I'm not right now is, you know, I can't play role as educator in some fields and in some 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 aspects and perspectives, you know. Um, is is so uh, to me, my my calling is like the self discovery aspect of human relationship right now, and so um, my my hope is that like being conscious of self and others around you, and and repeating things that that cause you to love yourself more and more, um, I I believe that you could use that same model in loving someone next to you, and so um, I think a lot of issues that we that we experience come from a lack of love, a lack of love of self. And, and therefore, you can't love the person adequately around you. So, um, but that's all I'll say on that. I, I, I do have a lot more to say, but I, I do think that, like, taking a step back and just observing is, is kind of, you know, my, my perspective on, on this topic. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so much that I, I can learn from as, as opposed to giving my thoughts on. Mm-hmm. We're gonna wrap up uh, with this episode of Point of View Uncensored. Um, again, thank you for thank you for coming on today. You know, I hope to have you on again on our next episode. That's just all mine. Again, Doctor uh, Jake, thank you as well. Um, I just want to sign off, but also saying that Point of View Uncensored. Please tune in to us on our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook channel. Um, signing off as saying um, we are views that based are um, that are based off facts and not feelings. Um, again, I am Doctor Renaissance. Signing off. I'm Dr. Jake, signing off. It's Coach Brandon, signing off. All right, peace. Have a great evening. Thank you again.